0: What can we say after Kentucky basketball's 95-76 win over Louisville other than that the Wildcats are just simply built different? You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. What's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. You can make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, you can visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be recapping Kentucky basketball's 95 to 76 win over the louisville cardinals we pretty much had this one uh written down and pegged directly from the get-go uh in our breakdown this was not a shocking game the wildcats got out and ran played very well i I think on the offensive end of the floor played well as well defensively a lot of things to talk about positives negatives momentum thank you so much for making locked on kentucky your first listen every single day want to remind everyone out there that we are free and available in all platforms. If you have not subscribed to the show already, I would really appreciate it if you went ahead and did so let's go ahead and break this one down. Like I mentioned, the final 95 to 76, this one was tightly contested for about, I think eight to 12 minutes somewhere in there. And you heard it on the broadcast. uh, If you were listening on ESPN, Coach Cal said heading into this one, he would not be shocked if Louisville hung around in this game for around that amount of time. And then the Wildcats just simply pulled away on offense. The first takeaway that I have from today's matchup, we're going to talk about the good. Then we're going to talk about maybe some different criticisms. We don't have a ton uh, on today's uh, episode considering the margin of victory and what happened in this game. But the three-point defense of the Louisville Cardinals did not matter. In this one, and you may say, Lance, why would it have mattered? Well, if you listen to our preview episode, um, or if you have a Kim Palm subscription, uh, you would note, or or if you just went and looked online, if you were just casually browsing, you would note that Louisville has a pretty good three point defense. It's one of the better ones in the country. I believe it was top 35 uh, in the nation heading into this contest. But when you look at the opponents that Louisville has played up until this point, not only have they not played a ton of good three-point shooting teams, they've also not played a ton of teams that rely on the three-point shot as much as Kentucky does statistically. And the no, the numbers that I gave you in the preview episode, Louisville's top three opponents and three-point percentage win a combined 16 of 60, 26.6 percent against the Cards. But it's also worth noting that none of those three teams, DePaul, Pepperdine, and Texas, are in the top 50 or 150 of point distribution percentage from three point distribution, essentially meaning what percentage of points are you getting from three two and from the foul line and Kentucky, uh, among those teams relies pretty heavily on the three point shot to get their points, even though Kentucky in terms of what they do statistically all around, they are a pretty well balanced offense in terms of how many actual points, not percentage of points, but how many points they get from inside the arc and from the foul line as well. They just simply happen to make such a high rate of threes that their point distribution is skewed uh, a little bit heavy in that direction. And this one was just simply uh, domination from the Wildcats from beyond the arc. You go and look at the stats from this game. Kentucky ended up shooting 48% from three for the game. They were shooting 53% at the end of the first half. They went four of 10 in the second half to finish the game at that 48% clip. And it was multiple players getting in on the action and knocking down some outside shots. Most notably, though, two individuals that we will get to here in a second, Trey Mitchell and Antonio Reeves, both knocking down four triples apiece. Reed Shepard with two in this contest, a Thiero, one of two from outside. And then Justin Edwards also knocked down a three-point shot as well. Kentucky was raining it uh, from downtown throughout this game. And you have to give credit to the way that they move the ball around in this offense, something that we talked about in the preview episode about what Kentucky needs to do, how they should attack the Cardinals, is by making sure that they control themselves and they focus and don't sleepwalk through the first half. You can't you can't allow, I, I, I want to say, you can't allow, I think, that UNC-Wilmington game to happen again this season, at least the first half of that game. And that may sound pretty dramatic. Obviously, this team is going to slip up. It's not going to be perfect. Um, But you cannot allow the lack of aggression and confusion on the offensive end uh, be what you are for an entire half uh, again in, in a contest for the rest of the season. And Kentucky was battling back and forth with Louisville, but I don't think it was because they were sleepwalking or confused on offense. Louisville just gave them... Uh, everything that they had for those first uh, 10, 12, uh, maybe even 15 minutes of the first half, and then the Wildcats' offense just kind of took over. They spaced very well. Whenever they had opportunities in transition, they consistently cashed in. Um, according to the box score, they only have Kentucky with 11 fast break points, but the way that Kentucky was playing pace-wise in this game, it felt like they had A lot more than that with different guys, whether it be uh, transition threes or slashing and cutting to the rim. Continuing to talk about this Kentucky offense in this game, by the way. Something that we said in the preview episode, I feel like ended up being true. And the fact that Kentucky, I thought, would have some opportunities to take it to the rim aggressively and kind of give Louisville a taste of their own medicine. Not necessarily seeking to draw fouls and then relying heavily on that but actually taking it to the rim and I think scoring um, pretty consistently. And there was one guy that we saw doing that throughout the entire night. And that was Antonio Reeves. And he absolutely exploded in the first half of this contest. He also finished with a plus, 19, plus minus uh, of 19. Antonio Reeves, brace yourself for the stat line. 30 points on 10 of 16 shooting for a five from three, six of seven from the line. And that is what Antonio Reeves does best. He is a scorer. You look at the rest of the stats here uh, for uh, Reeves. He had one rebound, two assists, and two steals, a solid two steals there. But, I mean, that's what he does. When you look at the box score, um, he's been much better as a rebounder this season as opposed to the past, I think, two, uh, both between Kentucky and his final year at Illinois State. But Reeves is consistently... Um, I think producing in one way or another on the court, even whenever he's not having a solid shooting night, you have seen him do different things in the box score. But this is, like I said, this is what he does best. He knocks down his outside shots. And this year, I don't know if it's because he's just decided to become more aggressive or if it's something conditioning-wise and development-wise that he did this offseason. I don't know if it's a mindset or if it's the conditioning or both, but he has really excelled when it comes to driving down the lane and then finishing at the rim instead of settling consistently for different things. He did at Illinois state and different things he did in his first year with UK settling for these floaters and he can hit the floaters. Don't get me wrong. He can hit those consistency uh, consistently, but he has done such a great job just taking it at opponents and then not just taking that at, uh, taking it at them actually scoring, finishing those drives to the basket I've been very impressed with some of the really smooth moves that Antonio Reeves has put on, not just in this contest, but in this season as a whole. 30 points earned. Every single one of them was a great night, great, great night uh, from Antonio Reeves. So I want to continue along here talking about some of the individual performances, the defense, maybe some of the negatives that we could take away from this contest. Before I dive into all of that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team all faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just simply another job board, they have a vast network of over a billion professionals which makes it simply the best place to hire. And hiring is really easy when you have all of those quality candidates at LinkedIn. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses can get a qualified candidate within 24 hours at LinkedIn because they know that small businesses are wearing so many different hats. They might not have the time or resources to hire. But thankfully, with LinkedIn Jobs, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college That is linkedin.com slash LinkedIn.com/slash-locked-on-college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, continuing along here on the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Stahl hanging out here with you. One more time, I really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen. If you have not subscribed to the show, whether that be on the podcast feed, hello podcast listeners, don't get to ever consistently talk to you guys in the comments because YouTube has those and podcast does not. But I appreciate you guys if you've not subbed on the podcast feed. Would appreciate it if you did. So if you're listening on YouTube, watching on YouTube, subscribe there as well. So where should we go next? I think we should talk about the other individual that had a very solid scoring effort for the Wildcats tonight, and that was Trey Mitchell. Trey Mitchell, 18 points on 7 of 13 shooting, and at one point in the second half, it became shooting practice for Trey Mitchell, who finished 4 of 7 from beyond the arc. Also had 12 rebounds, so a double double here. He had an assist, three blocks, and two steals to go along with those 18 points. Another stat stuffing night. For the forward transfer from uh, West Virginia, Trey Mitchell had a great game. I think, uh, when not just scoring the basketball, not just rebounding the basketball, and the numbers don't show it here because he only has one assists, one assist, and and the it, it was really really smooth. Uh, I, I can't remember who it was to, um, but it was a really nice pass from from the top of the key. Mitchell is a great passer. He is a true, I think, triple threat. Uh, on this team, rebounding, distributing, scoring. And you love that out of a guy that has that versatility to play between the four and the five spot. There were several different passes that I really liked in this game that didn't lead directly to uh, baskets, obviously, because of the one assist. But he has, throughout the course of this season, proven to be a legitimate option uh, as somebody who can handle the ball a little bit and then see the court and then get it to guys who can score. I've been very pleased with the way that Reeves has stepped up or excuse me uh, Mitchell has stepped up at, at different points uh, across these first 11 games for the Wildcats actually now I believe Kentucky if I'm not mistaken is 10 and two uh, excuse me uh, after that uh, after that game against Louisville no nine and two my bad my apologies for some reason I feel like I'm getting a game ahead here but Mitchell was the other player that obviously stood out on the scoring uh, score uh, on the scoreboard and then um, I think stood out. Whenever you go and watch the game and watch how this one panned out, really close down on some of those rebounds aggressively, aggressively as well. Ten of those rebounds defensive for Trey Mitchell really shut things down. Outside of Brandon Huntley Hatfield for the Cardinals, there was not a lot of consistent offense to be had. Sky Clark uh, for, for, the, uh, for the Cardinals had some good things happen, had some bad things happen. Was out there uh, for quite some time. In fact, he played more minutes than anybody uh, for the uh, for the U of L. Thirty six minutes in total. He led the team with twenty points, but the, that was largely due in part to the fact that he had a uh, eleven free throw attempts, only made six of them. And I guess that's another interesting aspect of this one. We talked about the way that Louisville gets to the foul line and how aggressive they can be, and that's essentially all their offense is capable of consistently. And it showed, (laughs) I mean, (coughs) excuse me, if you go and look at this game, 25 field goals made, 22 free throws made of the uh, 31 that they took, as opposed to Kentucky's 16, by the way. And then they were four of 17 from beyond the arc. So that's 22 points from the foul line. That is 12 points from the, uh, from outside the arc. And it just goes to show statistically, I mean, they rely on the charity stripe, almost more than anybody else in the country, and they don't really have much else to show for it. Uh, Mike James, 2 of 11 in this game. Uh, Tyler, or, uh, Tyler Johnson, the uh, the freshman, 0 of 6 in this one. Uh, Curtis Williams, 2 of 8 from the floor in this contest. They ended up shooting 42.4% from the floor overall, and if you go and look at Kentucky's defensive rating on Palm, their adjusted efficiency, which we are continuing to monitor, they ended up dropping two spots uh, they were up to 44th, and then in between the past few days that we talked about the Ken Palm ratings, uh, they dropped to 46th, and then they dropped to 48th after this contest, which is really interesting that they took another step back here after what I thought was a pretty solid defensive effort outside of maintaining things in front of Brandon Huntley Hatfield. I mean, I really did think that, uh, that uh, Kentucky held almost everyone in check, not named Sky Clark, and uh, Huntley Hatfield, even Clark had some issues offensively and had some just some confusing shot attempts as well and a couple of really confusing turnovers on top of that. But I thought Kentucky has with Ugun Yenzo, with Aaron Bradshaw in this lineup, they've played better defensively on that end of the floor. Now, I will say this, Bradshaw in this game, four fouls, only had two points. He had four rebounds as well in 21 minutes, uh, by the way. Uh, Aaron Bradshaw one block. Trey Mitchell had three. Uh, Kareem, or excuse me, you had you got had two eight in total for the Wildcats on this uh, on this afternoon. Onyenzo finished with a plus minus a plus eleven. So all, missed his only shot. Uh, got a couple rebounds. Got a couple blocks in eight minutes. If he's going to continue to defensively be that strong in that limited amount of time, Kentucky will take those minutes. You'll take those minutes on one in, end of the floor. Um, you talk about Hugo's development and how he could pan out once he does have an opportunity to get to the NBA. I think potentially after this season he may declare, or he may return for one more season. Offensively, not a ton to bring to the table, at least not in this setting yet, Um, but defensively, I think that's going to carry him. I think that's going to carry his scouting report, and he's proving in the limited amount of action that he's gotten at the beginning of his season, not Kentucky season, but his season, um, that he can. He can protect the rim, and he can do that. Pretty consistently, so Bradshaw, you go. Not the best nights offensively, but on the other end of the floor, I think they did pretty well for themselves. Rob Dillingham was also somebody that started this game off cold, missed his two free, uh, missed his two three point attempts, uh, but finished five of nine with twelve points. How about that windmill dunk at the end of this contest? Uh, another solid player, Justin Edwards, six of ten from the floor, one of three from three, seven rebounds, an assist, two steals. Hey, look. I feel like every every Wildcat we talked about tonight has had at least two steals. Um, we will take a 60% shooting performance from Justin Edwards. It's not often that you see that, and he had his moments tonight. Um, also had a couple of, of missed opportunities, I thought, in transition. But at the same time, Kentucky really got out and ran and executed their offense pretty well in this game. I mean, 95 points and shooting almost 52% from the floor will, will produce that. You shot 50 almost 50, and then 81 uh, in this game. So can't really get upset at that. You can't get upset at statistically what Louisville did outside of the uh, outside of their point total at 76. I mean, overall, this was just a pretty dominant game from the Wildcats. Had some rebounds given up there late, um, even though Kentucky did end up winning the rebounding margin. They had seven more fouls than Louisville, but I think that's just partially the nature of the offense. And then just kind of how the game ended up flowing. Um, Let's see here. Assist to turnover ratio. Louisville actually finished positive, even though they're negative on the season, which I find entertaining. Kentucky, eight blocks to Louisville's two. Nine steals to Louisville's six. I mean, just across the board, it was pretty consistent uh, domination from the Wildcats. And they had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five different guys in, in, in double figures here tonight. The only one that I've not mentioned yet uh, was Reed Shepard, who just continues to be efficient. 50% from the floor, two of free, three from beyond the arc. Uh, he had four rebounds. He had 11 assists, very quietly had 11 assists to two turnovers, and he also had two steals and a plus, seven, or a plus minus of, brace yourselves again, 27. Reed Shepard, in 27 minutes, had a plus minus of 27, positive 27, largely due in part to the fact that he had 11 assists that is mind-boggling the production that any of these four guards can put out there on any given night and if you get the you get the distribution from reed Shepard, you get the rebounding from a technically a guard like justin edwards you get the scoring from a guy like antonio reeves you get the dog from somebody like dj wagner who finished one of six in this game and did not have a, a great offensive game all around very quiet night from dj wagner You've got the ability to, night in and night out, survive most contests and compete in most contests because you have these four guys. You're not going to see, knock on wood, hopefully you're not going to see Kentucky get blown out at any point this season because they've got all of these different options of different players that can step up and make that play. Now, there will be nights where... All of these guys are off, but they do so many different individual things well that when you put it together as the conglomerate, they're going to produce, they're going to compete, and they're going to stay in some games. So I want to talk about that, actually, for just a brief moment, just looking ahead one more time to this schedule and the momentum that the Wildcats could build. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel because as the weather gets colder here as the uh the year winds down, NFL offers stay very hot over on FanDuel because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads. Player props, over unders, and more. So you need to visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. That is Fanduel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, wrapping up the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. I think we've covered just about everything uh, for the Wildcats outside of maybe shout out to Duthiero, who looked really solid in only 13 minutes. Uh, plus minus of plus 22. That was second best on the team. I really do hope, I really do hope that Kentucky does not elect to dwindle a do Thiero's minutes down to where they are non-existent because Aaron Bradshaw is in this lineup because Bradshaw is, can be really good on both ends of the floor. And he is a very interesting cog and in this machine that the Wildcats have built offensively, but Thiero has been good. He's been solid was one of two from three. If you can get a three pointer per game, get seven to ten points from him. Uh, a very uh, aggressive block. He almost killed a man on a dunk attempt. Um, had he been able to throw that down, that would have been awesome. I flew out of my chair for that one. I was I was expecting him to just absolutely just just crush the rim. But anyway, point being, uh, Adieu Thierro in these thirteen minutes, solid. Give him some more opportunities. Give him some more touches. There are different things Kentucky can do with this rotation. Let's experiment a little. I say let's as if I have a choice in it. And I don't. Um, but Kentucky can experiment a little bit. And I'd like to see that. I'd also like to see this momentum, this scoring effort continue. Because right now, Kentucky's got a chance over these next four games to make a statement entering SEC play. Now, what if we continue to say? It's going to be tough to beat Florida and Texas A&M on the road. It's going to be tough to beat Missouri at home. It's another SEC team, a decent SEC squad. You've got Illinois State to start things off. You can't overlook any contest on the schedule because of what happened just a few weeks ago with UNC Wilmington. But you would like to think that's a win. You would also like to think that Kentucky's got a legitimate shot to beat Florida. They should be favored in that game. It's going to be a tough out in Gainesville to open up SEC play. A legitimate crowd a tough environment, a solid team, according to Ken Palm, an 8-3 and three record. By the way, uh, Florida just beat Michigan and scored 106 points in the process, and 106-101 uh, in overtime. A fun game. You can win that game. And if you do, if you do win that contest, Missouri at home, that is winnable. You can win that game by somewhere between 5 to 15 points. I think that's your range there. That's probably where it's going to finish. And then you go and you play Texas A&M. And that's the next loss that Kim Palm predicts for Kentucky. And I think, I think, I would actually say Florida is a more difficult game because of how offensively A&M has struggled to shoot the basketball to start this season. And I know uh, uh, from an offensive standpoint, from an efficiency standpoint, they are currently top five in the country but you don't like the 28% from three. The two-point percentage is average. They don't get to the foul line incredibly well. The only thing that they do insanely well is offensively they rebound the ball, which is going to be a nightmare for Kentucky to have to go up against. But still, if you can control that with your bigs, you have an opportunity. You have at least a chance to win that game. A pretty good chance, I would think, against a very good opponent. So these next four games, going to be tough. But if you build some momentum, if you win those first three, you're looking at that AM game and you're saying, okay, Kentucky, if you can if you can prevent yourself from slowing down here, uh, you can go on a tear. You can go on a very legitimate tear here watching that Arkansas game, by the way, January 27th. That one could be rough. Um, but you've got the chance to do something special. Kentucky's got a chance to be a special team. They just have to string together some wins. And here we go. Let's see what happens. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave those in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Have a great rest of your day, everybody, and God bless.